Before we get started for today, I'm very excited to share with you that my masterclass is open for registration right now. This is a program that I open a few times a year, and it is an opportunity to learn the skills you need to manage your thoughts and emotions around the game of golf so that you can take more of your talent out there so that you can start playing to your potential. You're going to learn some of the skills that I talk about in this podcast in more detail on how to manage your emotions, how to think on purpose. You'll learn the formula for creating the results that you want. And I also offer a live coaching call where you can get all of your questions answered. You can learn more about it at masteryourgolfbrain.com. And I hope to see you in class. Oh, and one more thing. Make sure you stick around to the end of this podcast where I share a very embarrassing story about me caddying on the PGA Tour. Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to Above Par. This is Kathy. It's good to have you here and listening. So this week, I want to talk to you about, because I feel like this comes up a lot, is about the conversations that people have on the golf course. And I want to tell you what good players talk about on the golf course, and I want to compare it to what most amateurs talk to talk about on the golf course and how that affects your score and why it e- even matters. And this is the thing. I know that golf is very social. We go out there to have a good time. And I think there's totally a time to do that. You can go out and have a great time. You can have some drinks and do all the things and talk all about all the, whatever you want to talk about. But when it matters, when you're trying to play in an event that matters to you, the conversation you have on the golf course can play a big part. It can impact your performance greatly. And let me go through a few examples, and then I'm going to tell you what most really good players do on the golf course, and you have to find what is right for you, where you're most comfortable. I know a lot of people are very concerned about different conversations that people have on the golf course and wishing that they didn't talk so much. Other people like for people to talk a lot, and it doesn't bother them. So you want to find what works for you. So let me give you an example. I played golf with some ladies who were relatively new to the game. They were very good athletes in different areas and tennis for the most part, but they went out here and they're learning golf. And so I was out there, I helped them play and they were friends of mine. So we were playing a few holes together. And before they got to the first green, the conversation went to the PTA because they all were living in the same um, town. And they started talking about how aggravated they were with things going on with the PTA. Now, We could probably have this conversation right now with different things that are going on, whether it's politics or schools or school boards or school unions right that are going on right now. But everybody got so ticked off and aggravated and had opinions. And they started, not that they were arguing with each other because they pretty much were on the same page, but they were talking about a lot of different people that were on the board or things that were going on. We get to the second hole and they all 
topped the ball or rolled it or hit it in the water. It was horrendous. They could not swing. They made these horrible fast swings. They didn't go through their routine and take their time because they were ticked off about something that had nothing to do with golf. They did not notice this, of course, but I did. They get down the fairway and now they're not having as much fun. Now they think there's something wrong with their swing. They think they need to go to the range. They're going, Kathy, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Why, fix me, right? Help me. And I had to put everybody in a little bit of timeout. I said, listen, you cannot talk about these conversations on the golf course if they aggravate you. Because when you're aggravated, you're going to show up over that golf ball with more tension. You're going to swing faster. You might swing shorter. You might not take your time. You're not focused because your brain is thinking about the PTA that's ticking you off and how it's affecting your kids, right? Which is definitely a soft spot for most people. The conversations you have on the golf course matter because they will affect what you think and feel. They're going to affect your emotions. And if you're going to show up over that golf ball being a little bit more tense or upset, then you're not going to get the result. And what happens is people think it was their golf swing. They think there was something wrong with them. They thought they needed more lessons or needed to practice harder, or suddenly the game becomes no fun, right? The game is not going to be fun if you talk about <laughs> the PTA or politics on the golf course and you get a little fired up. Different conversations can come up on the golf course for sure, but there is a time to have them. And if you want to have them, just know that if you're riled up from that conversation, it is going to affect your game. So let's just get that squared away. I'm not saying not to have them on the golf course. You get to, I want everybody, of course, to have fun and to have conversation and to be social if that's what you want. And for some people, it, they don't, it doesn't matter to them. They don't, it doesn't affect them, but it certainly does for other people. Another thing is just talking a lot. So some people are very good or can perform very well when there's a lot of chatter going on. Other people need a little bit of quiet so that they can focus on what they want to focus on over that golf ball. So the more conversation that is going on doesn't always suit people, even if it is kind of benign, if it's not about the PGA, maybe it's about you know functions that are, are, that are going on at the club or a dinner that you had last night. There is a time though in between and before you get to the golf shot to have some quiet. You want to be able to walk over that shot and get focused on what you're about to do to go through your pre-shot routine. So if you're in a group that doesn't create this space for you, you get to decide who you get, who you play with. But if it's in an event or in a tournament where it matters to you and you know that you don't perform so well when there's a lot of conversation or you don't perform so well when there is conversation that is upsetting or that aggravates you, like if someone was, let's just go politics, right? If someone's going to start talking about politics and we're on different sides of the spectrum, right? There's, that's going to create some aggravation for somebody in that group. And that's not the time or place to do that when you're trying to get yourself into a state of being calm, certain, or confident. If it, if the conversation does not allow you to be calm, then I suggest we not have them. So what do you do when the person won't stop talking or the person just keeps talking about a conversation that you don't like or that is aggravating you? You get to set some boundaries out there, right? You're going to sit there and you get, and of course you say it the way that you like to say it, but just say, listen, I'd love to talk about this. Can we do it after the round? Or 
I'd love to talk to you, but right now I need to be a little bit quiet and focused on my game. No offense to you, I love you, but not right now. You might not love them. I like you, but not right now. Right? You get to say no. You get to say that with those people that person, if they don't like what you said, is not your problem. That is their problem. You can be very polite about it, but you get to set some boundaries. You know, I'd love to play well today, and right now I just need a couple seconds to myself. However you want to say it, whatever suits you. Now, if you're the chatty person who likes to have these conversations, you have to know that not everybody is like that. Not everybody performs their best like that, and you um, it's just polite to give people their, their space. You can talk in between holes. You can talk walking from um, a shot to a shot, but you got to give a little bit of space around that preparation time, right? So this is what happens on tour. You can watch this next time you go out and I'll tell you what the way that I show up on the golf course, right? So if you watch golf on TV, you might may or may not see people having a conversation, the players, when they're walking, walking to the next shot. Now, we might not always get that footage on TV, but if you've been at a, an event live, you notice that sometimes they talk, sometimes they don't talk. There are definitely different cues that players pick up on. Like, listen, if I start walking off to the right, that doesn't mean come chase me to have a conversation. I clearly don't want to walk next to you. If I'm walking down the middle or I slow down for you to have a conversation, that means I'm like pretty good and I'll have a conversation. But this is what they talk about. Nothing important nothing controversial. Things are totally benign. Things are light. They do not talk about the condition of the golf course. They don't talk about the water on the hole. They don't talk about how they're ticked off with something that's happening in the club or with the organization. They don't talk about other people, right? None of those things are good. They suck your energy. And we don't want to talk about things that suck our energy or that take up mental space. You don't want to talk about things that make you think too much because we got a lot of things on the golf course we have to think about. I want you to think about that you have a certain number of mental poker chips. You do not want to give those poker chips to things that just don't matter, right? Because once you're out of them, you're out of them. Your brain is a little bit tired. We don't want to go on the golf course and have to think about things that are taxing. Now, if you're out there doing business on the golf course, right, you're out there for a different purpose. You're not playing an event and trying to play really well, right? You, you want to yield on that. Listen, if you're out there and your goal to going out there and playing is to talk business, then your score needs to go secondary. You can't have both, right? You're going to give up somewhere. If your goal is to go out there and to perform and play your best, then the social part of it and the talking is going to be secondary. You get to decide on what's going on on that day for you. But the conversations for good players are very benign. There are times when I don't talk much at all, right? When I need to focus, if I'm having a hard time with what's going on in my brain, I don't want to have a whole bunch of conversation with people. And there's some people out there who don't want to have a conversation with me. I don't take it personally. I know that's what they're doing. They're trying to stay focused and they don't want to be distracted. Same thing too. Like think about it. Why do you think tour players don't go and interact with the gallery so much, right? They're going to say things. The gallery, the gallery says stupid things, right? They'll say things like, 
the gallery, the people in the gallery say stupid things like, oh my gosh, you're the best player. Like you're just amazing. I admire your swing. You're looking good. Or they could say like, what are you doing with your foot? Like they don't want to give themselves the opportunity for them to start thinking about things that is not part of their routine and their practice and for their mental peace, right? So they stay right down the middle of that fairway and they ignore most of the gallery. They're not being rude. They're just kind of protecting themselves and they're protecting their mental space and their head and their thinking. Right. Also, what you say to other people now, this might you might hear this, but I want you in case you're this person, what you say to other people during the golf course invades their mental space like it is not proper or polite to sit there and don't forget there's water up there on the right. You just put that into their brain, right? Of course, if they don't know the golf course and you might be helping them out or telling them where not to hit it, you don't say things like, if you make this putt, this will be your lowest round ever. Not good, my friend. That is not nice. You keep those words to yourself. Good players don't say that, right? They just say nice putt. They just say good birdie. They don't say, oh, by the way, Justin, if you birdie in, you might win. They don't say those things <laughs> to, to each other on the golf course, but so many amateurs do this and you're messing with what the thoughts, right? You're feeding your brain different thoughts that now you have to take more energy to push them away. All right, I'm gonna tell you a really embarrassing story on myself that I did this and I can't believe I do it. And my brother and I laugh about it all the time. I caddied for my brother in the Greensboro open. I think that was what it was called way back when. And he got paired with John Houston. It was the last day. And John Houston, if you know him or know anything about him, he can go really low. He makes like a lot of putts. And that was this day. And I was, listen, I was playing for a living, I think at the time or in between tournaments, I was still a very competitive golfer. And I'm canning for my brother. I was so into John Houston's round. It was embarrassing. Like my brother, I, my brother needed a club. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. I'm watching John. He was putting amazing. Everything didn't matter how long the putt was. They just went in the center of the cup. They just were perfect speed. They weren't lipping in. They weren't banging off the back. They were all perfect speed. And he got to 16, maybe on 15, 14 or 15. Like he finally gave me a look like, cause he knew I was <laughs> He knew I was so into his round, right? He kind of gave me this look like, yeah, like, how about that? So now I'm more into it. Like that was probably not the right thing to do for me because <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. So we get to 16 and he makes a putt again. And I make the co comment to him like, oh my God, you can't miss. My brother whacked me in the stomach, right? He's like, what the heck are you doing? He might've used a different word. What are you doing? I'm like, what did, what? what did I do? He goes, did you hear what you just said? You should know better. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that to him. And now I can't, I cannot take it back. I'm like, what am I doing? Right, I'm in like some like different world. I'm not even thinking about what is going on. I'm totally not helping my brother as a caddy, that's for sure. Well, needless to say, he had not made a bogey that whole day. And then I think he bogeyed 17 and 18 or he bogeyed 18, I don't remember, and he didn't win. I was so mortified. I can't believe I said it, but I got in his head. I don't know that I got in his head, but you know, I'm gonna assume I got, got in his head. I shouldn't have said that, right? I shouldn't have said, you can't miss, right? Those are things that should not come out of your mouth. So learn from my lesson. I should have known that, and I do know that, but for some reason, I just got distracted. But catch yourself if you say things to other people on the golf course that is going to be a thought that gets in their head. The moral of this whole podcast is, 
pay attention and pick and choose the conversations that you want to have on the golf course based on the purpose of that round. If you're going out there just to have a good time and you want to be very social, that's fine. But understand that some of that conversation might affect your score and don't beat yourself up if you don't perform your best. Don't think it's your golf swing if all of a sudden you had a really controversial conversation before that. Conversely, if that round is more based on your score and your performance, it's okay to let the conversation get quieter for the sake of your own mental peace of mind so that you can show up better on the golf course and with more of your talent. Be willing to have a conversation with people in your group to tell them what's going on. Listen, I like you. I'd love to talk to you afterwards, but I really want to focus on my game right now. I love what we're talking about right now. It's not the time that I want to talk about it. We'll talk about it after the round and be very cognizant of how you show up and how you talk to other people on your, on the golf course. Don't pull a John Houston like I did because it really can get in their head and affect their round. And that's just not very polite when we try and have nice manners on the golf course and we want to show up and be considerate of what other people are going through. All right, my friend, I hope that helped. Pay attention to the conversations you have on the golf course. I will talk to you next time. Bye.